45, 40, run, William, run! He's got blockers in front, five, touchdown! Joshua Krim! He snapped back, ball down, can't block! They blocked the kick! This is the Orange is Orange or Browns podcast. I am your host, Chase Smith, and with me, as always, Browns insider, Jeremy and Akron. What's up, Jeremy? Hey, Chase, what's going on, brother? Yo, not a whole lot. Week one is here. Football is here, man. What do you think? Finally, finally here. Oh, I'm excited. Feels like it's been an eternity since we played. I'm excited. Can't wait to get this thing rolling. Let's go. Me- meaningful games on a Sunday. It is back until mid-February, and it couldn't come any sooner. Hey, I know you got a lot on your mind, Jeremy. Uh, Brown's coming up against the Steelers, but first, let's, let's do some five hot minutes, and, and you spit some truth and fire, buddy. What you got? Okay, I gotta talk. I gotta do this. You know, I've got to talk about some of the stuff I heard in the media this week and some of the stuff I read online. It's just unbelievable to me. Let me preface this with: I understand the Browns have not earned the benefit of the doubt on anything they do. They've been bad for so long. We've had so many issues. We've had so many head coaching changes, so many regime changes, and I understand that the media is sick of it. I understand the guys that cover the team uh, have been through a lot of garbage. I understand all that. But I think the thing that kills me, it's not the negativity that bothers me so bad. It's the snarkiness and the seemingly lack of present, uh, preparation. It's unbelievable. Some of the stuff I heard this week, some of these questions. A reporter literally asked every player and coach Hugh Jackson if cutting John Greco was a sign the team was tanking this year. John Greco. John Gre- a great guy. You know, good, solid backup player in the NFL. But John Greco is 32 years old. He's coming off a serious injury. I went back and watched games one and two of the preseason. I went back and watched the Giants game. He got absolutely destroyed. He was on skates. He was almost as bad as Cameron Irving. He was horrific. <laughs> then I read, here, it gets better. Patrick McManahan, this, in, on, the, on ESPN, his bold prediction for the season was that the Browns would start three quarterbacks this year. Really? That's the laziest take I've ever heard in my life. That's your bold prediction? Yeah, I know the Browns have started three quarterbacks. I, I get that. I get all that. But your bold prediction of, of all you – got, you got the number one pick in the draft. You got Peppers. You had an undefeated preseason. You have guys looking great. You got a rookie quarterback that could be the franchise. And your bold prediction for the season on ESPN, a local Cleveland reporter, is that we'll start three quarterbacks this year. That's ridiculous. It gets better, though. Tony Grossi. Tony Grossi, who's been covering the team for 30 years, his whole job, what he does for a living, is cover the Cleveland Browns. That's his job. Right. Did not know who Cason Williams was. 36 hours after we picked him up. It never heard in a, in, a, in a column. Someone asked him specifically about him. He did not know a thing about him. We had the internet, Okay. We have YouTube. We you Google his name and you can find 30 articles, 30 blogs. I saw video blogs of fans from Seattle did not believe he did not make the team. He was the highest rated player in the entire NFL on Pro Football Focus for the preseason. Six less than a minute to have enough research to write a little blurb about him. And Tony Grossi, never heard of him, didn't know anything about him. 
That's embarrassing. That is embarrassing. It's I'm almost sorry, as, I know I get, I get a little carried away. I'm angry, but no, just, man, it's almost as embarrassing as the internet connection right now. You were going in and out there with a very tail end. Of uh, um, sorry about that. No, 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 it, it, it's on my end. I'm sure. So, uh, some, that was five hot minutes presented to you by, we don't have a sponsor yet. So, uh, <laughs> if you want to sponsor that guys, DM me. No, but, but <laughs> at Jeremy real, and Akron. <laughs> the, the Cleveland media, I mean, plays a huge role in how the team is perceived and how like legitimate the Browns are taken. Um, and, right. and if, if we're trying to, you know, get past this whole, Cleveland clowns thing, this whole like laughing stock of the NFL. It has to be a total culture change, not just in Berea, but in, in media as well, you know? Right. Exactly. And you know what the other thing is? I listened to Hugh Jackson's press conference on Monday, the op- opening week, Steelers week. I didn't hear a single question about the Steelers. The third question to Hugh Jack, the head coach, this isn't the GM, this is the owner. The third question at that press conference was, how do you feel about the Cleveland police not wanting to hold the flag before the game? Give me a break. The head coach in preparation for the Steelers, the third question of his media availability on Monday is about the Cleveland police not wanting to hold You know what I mean, man? It's embarrassing. Yeah. It's literally embarrassing. So before we get to the Steelers in week one, let's do a quick recap of the preseason, Jeremy. A lot of exciting things going on. A lot of Really good things happening. Uh, very exciting for fans to watch. The first time since 1986, the Browns went undefeated in the preseason. 4-0, buddy. Yes, sir. 4-0. Um, I would, yeah, I would say the biggest takeaway from the whole preseason is just the defense in general. You know, all 100%. first, second, third string, didn't matter who was on the field. Uh, they all flew to the ball. And it looks like they're, that's going to set the momentum for the team, set the tone. And uh, I think we have Greg Williams to thank for that. You know, I, for the first time, I was texting my, my friends this. It looked like we had an NFL defense. I'm not saying it's elite. Yeah. I'm just saying that we didn't look outmatched. We didn't look like we didn't know how to tackle or didn't know how to take right angles. It just looked like an NFL defense. Um, they were flying Absolutely. around. And, and that was exciting to see, which is a difference. And gosh, I don't know how long it's been since I, I can say that about the Browns defense, really. We haven't stopped the run since we've been back, literally. I think we had one year where we were in the top ten in run defense and the, you know, since we've been back. It's been embarrassing, really. And I think that's all going to change with uh, come get some, Coach Williams. You know, and, and I think the more we pressure the quarterback, the better it's going to make our backfield look. Um, Absolutely. And, and I think we got guys in that D-line that, that can get it. Um, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. We'll talk a little bit about that against the Steelers. A couple big roster moves heading into week one. Um, the one that led the charge was the Browns waived Joe Hayden, uh, a Cleveland staple, not only on the team, but in the community for, for years, um, to our, our rival Steelers. And, uh, also the, in that same week, uh, we traded the sixth round draft pick that we, uh, received from them in the Justin Gilbert trade. We traded it back to them for their wide receiver, Sammy Coates. Jeremy, t- talk to us about those moves there. You know, it's funny trading Justin Gilbert for Sammy Coates. I'll do that all day long. I think anybody will. Um, <laughs> yes. and I think this. I think this acquisition has flown under the radar a little bit. I think it's a huge acquisition. Through five games last year, he was second in the league 
in yards per catch. He had over 400 yards. He was on pace for a 1,300-yard season. And then he had – and no one's really talked about this. He had a severe uh, injury to two fingers. He broke two fingers on his right hand. Um, and it caused him to miss some time, and he never got back in sync. I mean, he can take the top off of a defense. If you go back and watch his highlights from last year and his highlights from college, he is big. He is fast. And I think what, what the Browns really want to do is run a vertical passing game similar to what the Steelers do. We want it to be play action and vertical. And I think Sammy Coates is exactly what this team was missing, a big, fast guy who can take the top off the defense, spread the field. That helps open up the underneath game and the running game. I think it's an underrated acquisition. I really do. And I think Sammy Coates, if he stays healthy and, you know, his hands stay, uh, hands stay healthy, I think it'll be uh, – a bigger acquisition than people think at the time. You know, I agree. I, I feel like, no, I don't follow the Steelers at all. I actually got out of my way to not follow them, but I, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like when uh, Bryant, Matavius Bryant was out, they didn't really miss a beat having him step in there in, in the second, in the second role behind Antonio Brown. Absolutely, man. He's exactly what this t- team needs. He's a big fast guy who can take the top off the defense. He's been doing it since college. You know, I, I went back and looked at some of his college tape and, uh, this guy had 202 yards and two touchdowns against Alabama. I mean, the guy's a player. And like you said, he's exactly what we need. And sometimes you got to take players from the bottom of the roster of teams that are uh, loaded at a position. The Steelers had an embarrassment of riches in camp at the wide receiver position. I knew, like I said, I predicted on Twitter that uh, we would end up, a little birdie in Faria told me that uh, we like some of the receivers at the bottom of their roster. Sure enough, the opportunity came, and we took it, and I'm glad we did. Uh, he is very, very similar to another receiver that the Browns have been flirting with for years in, in Josh Gordon. Is that correct? A very similar play style and build? I think, yeah, I think Gordon's a little bigger. I think Gordon, if you look at it, Gordon, and I'm sure we'll get into a little bit of the Gordon stuff later, but uh, Josh Gordon is a freak. Yeah. Josh Gordon played 10 games, and you know it's tough to compare anyone to him. The guy played had 10 starts in college football, and within – a full season of games was dominating the NFL. That doesn't come around every year. That's rare. But Martavius Bryant is a – Martavius Bryant. Um, Sammy Coates is a similar skill set in the sense that he's a big guy. That, now, he's not Josh Gordon. Let's not get crazy. But he's a big guy who can make plays down the field, which fits into the strengths of Kaiser and what the Browns right. want to do. The Browns want to be a vertical passing team yep. that runs the ball and plays play action, and that's what a guy like Sammy Coates can help provide. Um, and I think that, that – continues to ring true even with their acquisition of of Kaysen Williams of Seattle receiver uh you know long vertical fast downfield and all these moves point to Kaiser being the long-term answer here at quarterback or at least giving us a really clear picture going into next year if this is the person that is going to turn this franchise around absolutely that is what Hugh wants Hugh wants to be a vertical team I like the fact that the team is acquiring weapons that yep. fit. How many, how, how many times in the past have we complained about seemingly the Browns trying to fit the square peg in the round hole? Yeah. You know what I mean? Now yeah. we are getting players, both offensively and defensively, that fit the scheme that we want moving forward. And I love that. And I, like I said, I love that. I love that uh, we cut our losses. I love that, hey, look, you know, there was a quote that came out from Paul Podesta where he said, we don't think we're any better at drafting than any other team. So that's why we want to stockpile picks. We think we will probably have the same hit rate as any other team. Well, the Browns took a chance on a bunch of receivers, maybe hit on one or two of them, and realized they didn't on the other ones, cut their losses, moved on. I love an organization that is willing to do that. 
and not to uh, toot your own horn though, but you did call that we'd only keep three from uh, the training camp roster. Right. I thought Ricardo Lewis, Corey Coleman, and Kenny Britt were the only three receivers that really uh, deserved to be on the active roster. I know I love Jordan Leslie. He's a nice player. You know, I thought he showed well. Renell Hall showed well. But these guys are journeymen for a reason. Yep. You know what I mean? And, uh, yep. and and we all agreed. We all saw – I mean, everybody saw that we were lacking talent at wide receiver. So we went out and addressed it. And, I, and like I said, took from a team that had an embarrassment of riches at a position. That's how you build in the NFL. That's how the NFL works. Yep. So just to wrap up and uh, seal this wide wide receiver talk, what is the word on the street you're hearing about Josh Gordon? <laughs> Look, I can tell you that I, from a very reliable source, that Josh Gordon will be reinstated by the NFL, barring a big slip up in the next couple weeks, he will be reinstated. At this point, I cannot tell you for a hundred percent sure what the Browns are going to do with him. I mean, it's going to take a while to get him up to speed. The guy hasn't played in a regular season game in a few years. They played a preseason game last year, but he hasn't played in the regular season. And I don't know where the Browns are with him. I don't know their plan. I don't know if they're going to cut him, trade him, or keep him. I don't see any reason not to keep him. But I don't know where they're at. I, they, I don't think they know where they're at. But they do expect him, I can tell you with 100% certainty, to be reinstated this season. So when he is, if when he is reinstated – is he automatically on the Browns roster or like, how does that work? The Browns could have cut ties with him at any time. They didn't. Um, so when he is reinstated, he is reinstated as a Cleveland Brown. At that point, the Browns will have to make the decision to a, you know, put him on the active roster, cut him or trade him. Um, I think the Browns are taking a wait and see approach. I think they want to talk to Josh, see where he is mentally. But I, like I said, that's not source. That's just my opinion. But I can tell you for 100% fact, they expect him to get reinstated. And after that, I can't tell you anything I don't know. If you're Josh Gordon, you got to like the direction the Browns are going now. Sure, why not? And I think that he's it. Absolutely. As opposed to a couple years ago when it just seemed like they were grasping at straws. Now there's a clear direction. Now there's an incredible offensive line. Now there's a quarterback with an arm with a cannon that can throw the ball to you wherever you are on the field. You know what I mean? Now you're like, man, now we can really do something. And what gets lost in all this, because it feels like he's been around for the attorney, Josh Gordon's only 26 years old. Yeah. Josh Gordon's having serious problems when he was 22, 23. This is a kid that has not had any stability. He was at Utah. He was at Baylor. Came into the NFL, a young kid, without direction. You know, and the Browns weren't exactly, let's be honest, we haven't exactly been the most stable organization. Right. So that's why I'm willing to give a little bit of a pass. The kid's only still only 26 years old. And, you know, sometimes it takes that long. I know when I was 21, 22, I was doing stuff that I'm embarrassed about today. Yeah, and he's a young young 26. Not a lot of games, not a lot of miles. uh, Young 26. He started, started, what, 35 games in the NFL. Uh, Exactly. He's a young young 26. All right, well, hey, enough of this uh, foreplay. Dude, week one, Pittsburgh Steelers. Here we go. Let's do it, man. I cannot wait. Uh, Oh, my gosh. It is week one is here. And uh, who else coming to town but the Pittsburgh Steelers? Jeremy, what are some of the keys to this game week one? We are 1-17 in home opener since we came back into the league. What are some keys to the game that the Browns need to do to make that 2-17? and 17? Well, let me start with this. I love opening at home with the Steelers for yes. one big reason. There won't be 30,000 Steelers fans in the stadium. Yes. It'll be most Browns fans. It'll still feel like a home game. 
I, I, so I love opening up with the Steelers. The key to the game, my key to the game, I think the biggest matchup is going to be our new revamped defense versus the Steelers' high-octane, high-powered offense. This will be a great test, a great measuring stick, I think, but I think that's the key to the game. If we have any chance of winning this game, we need to slow them down. We need to be in Ben's face constantly, all game long. I'm very interested to see how Levy and Bell, who has not practiced, he didn't even sign his tender until yesterday, and he says he's going to get 30 touches this week. He expects to get 30 touches. We'll have to see. I mean, that's, you know, that's going to be tough to not practice all year and then come in that week and get 30 touches. But you don't know. I mean, the guy's great. He's one of the best backs in the league. So I think that's my number one matchup. Number two matchup to me and is the Steelers secondary, which has been a weakness of the team for the past three or four years since Paul Amalu retired. Um, they're injured. They've got injuries all over the secondary. I think Mike Mitchell's injuries. They've got injuries all over the secondary. How will we exploit that with our vertical pass game? Can we exploit that? And I can't wait to see Sammy Coates with Joe Hayden lined up on him. You know, he was itching at the, you know, got the itchy uh, trigger finger to go deep on Joe but with his new toy, Sammy Coates. Could be a very interesting afternoon. I think those are huge matchups. You know, I think it'll be a great test for our D line of, you know, against their their O-line. I'm really looking forward to see the kind of push that our O-line gets against the Steelers' defense, how um, Kaiser adjusts to all their blitz packages and schemes. I think it's going to be a great test all around. It's going to be a great game. I don't see – people are kind of like overlooking it and thinking that the Steelers are going to come away with an easy win. I don't see that at all. I think our defense is going to be good enough to keep us in a lot of games. Uh, You know, but this is a great test. I don't – I don't think you can deny that the Steelers' offense is top two or three most explosive offenses in the league. So it's a great measuring stick. It's going to be a fun – obviously going to be an awesome atmosphere down there. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. And like you said, I can't wait to see how our defensive line does against their they – they have a very good offensive line, how our defensive line stacks up there. And the Steelers' front – now, people, some people still think it's the Steel Curtain defense. This isn't your daddy's uh, Steelers' defense. They're good. Their front seven is good but they don't have the playmakers they've had in the past. And like nope. I said, I think that with our vertical passing game, we can exploit them downfield and we'll just, we'll see. And I don't think the stage is going to be too big for Kaiser. I've heard some of that talk. He played on the biggest stage for a quarterback in the NCAA. He played at Notre Dame. All your games, you have your own network at Notre Dame. You know, your games yep. are on NBC. It's, it's the biggest, most, most tradition, you know, top five tradition in all football. I don't think the stage is going to be too big for him. I think uh, I think uh, he's going to surprise some folks. Yeah, I I cannot wait. You know, every time we play the Steelers, I feel like get, some games are kind of weird, and some of the conventional footballism goes out the door. Um, one of the things that that really bugs the crap out of me with the Steelers is maybe it's the second quarter, six minutes to go. The Steelers are are driving, and it's third down. It's like fourth down and and six from from the Browns, like forty four. And usually teams punt, but the Steelers, I feel like. Any any time they can find any time to disrespect the Browns or to try to like knock them out early, they took it, and it always ticked me off because I felt like they always felt like they were better than us, and always felt like uh, oh we're going to go for two and just really make this out of reach because once we do this, then the game will be over. Like that stuff drove me insane, and and I can't wait um, the first time they try that with this kind of new defense or whatever, and they just like, you say that now, yeah, I'm getting some. I'm getting some. Yeah. So, uh, do you have a, a bold prediction for this game, Jeremy? Well, let me first give you my uh, my bold predictions, and I'll give you my final score. Yep. My bold prediction 
is that uh, Deshaun Kaiser will throw for two touchdowns, Miles Garrett will have one sack, and Jabril Peppers will make at least one wow play. Those are my bold predictions for the game. My final score, I'm going to be completely honest. I think the Steelers end up winning 24 to 14, but the Browns play a great game and it comes down to the end of the game. All right. I, uh, a little, little different bold. I just have one bold prediction and, and, uh, okay. I, I just, I think miles Garrett's going to get three sacks. Um, I think he is just going to wow. havoc. Um, I think he's going to uh, put the rest of the league on notice and um, I think he's going to earn the respect uh, in the first game of all of the NFL here, here in week one against the Steelers. Uh, but I'm also going to say the Browns are going to win. <laughs> there we go, baby. Hey, uh, I went with my, not my heart, but trust me, if the Browns were able to win this, it would be one of the, the most electric atmosphere. I've actually, you know, dreamt about how unbelievable it's going on there if we beat the Steelers to start the season. So I hope we do. My heart says yes. My head says we're going to play him tough. We're not going to get embarrassed, but we're going to lose by 10 points. I'm going to say 21-17 Browns with a failed Steelers drive for the win. And if that is the outcome, you know what we say? What? We're back, baby! We're back, baby. I love it. We are back, baby. And that is week one of the Orange is Orange podcast. This has been great. Jeremy, take, take us out, man. Hey, remember to follow us at Orange is Orange. And at Jeremy and Akron. You can follow me at the Chase Smith. And every Wednesday we'll drop a new episode here. So guys, uh, if you if you like what you hear, leave us a review, um, subscribe, and and tell other Browns fans. And uh, you can catch us every Wednesday. All right, see you guys. All right, man. Peace.